Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we'll be going in depth into my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number 16 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you don't up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, that you please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 16, top 36 running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the running back position at number one with Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Baltimore Ravens this week at home in San Fran. So when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, he's going to be the running back one every single week in my rankings. It doesn't matter if he's playing up against the Ravens. That's a great defense against the run or if he's going up against the Arizona Cardinals, who he absolutely slammed dunked on last week. This guy's the best running back in the NFL. There's an argument to be made that he could be the MVP of the NFL this season up against the Baltimore Ravens. It should be a shock to no one that he is my running back one in my rankings. He's the running back one on the season, and I think he has yet another solid game here this week on Monday Night Football. At number two, we got Kyron Williams going up against the New Orleans Saints tonight at home in LA. Now, ever since coming back from injury, he's been the running back five, 18, nine, and one over the last four weeks. This is a guy that when healthy this season has been a reliable top 10, top 12 option every single week. I understand the matchup against the Saints isn't necessarily a mouth-watering. This isn't a soft-serve cupcake matchup, but at the end of the day, Kyron Williams has earned the right to be a top-five running back in my rankings every single week. At number three, we got James Let Him Cook of the Buffalo Bills going up against the LA Chargers this week at LA. Now, this technically is a game in the LA Chargers Stadium, but I can almost guarantee you there's going to be more Bills fans there. Back-to-back -back weeks for Cook as a top three running back. Four straight games as a top 12 running back last week up against the Cowboys. He absolutely murdered them. The Cowboys were calling uncle, and James Cook just continued to pound on them. 25 rushes for 179 yards, two receptions for 42 yards, and two total touchdowns. Back-to-back -back games with 25 or more fantasy points. And honestly, if you put me as the running back on the Buffalo Bills up against the shit-tier Chargers defense, I could probably get you 10 fantasy points. So I think James Cook has yet another electrifying performance. At number four, we have Rashad with two A's white, running back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Jaguars at home in Tampa. Now, this is a game that has the makings of being a tit-for-tat rock'em sock'em high-scoring matchup, assuming that Trevor Lawrence plays, but that is far from a guarantee at this point. From week 7 to week 15, he has essentially been a top 12 running back every single week. The only games he finished outside the top 12, he was the running back 13 and the running back 19 in weeks 11 and week 12. This week, up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I expect him to be a top 12 running back, and I think he's a pretty good bet to be a top 5 running back. At number 5, to close out the S tier, we got Raheem, the wet dream Mostert of the Miami Dolphins, going up against the Dallas Cowboys at home in Miami. Back-to-back -back games as a top 10 running back, and over his last four games, he has scored two touchdowns in three out of the four games, and in the other game, he scored one touchdown. 
meaning that this man has scored seven fucking touchdowns in the last four games. I get the Dallas Cowboys defense this, the Dallas Cowboys defense that James Cook just absolutely bulldozed that defense last week, and I expect Raheem Mostert to be a top five running back this week. Moving into the A tier, at number six, we have Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints going up against the LA Rams in LA. Now, this is a situation where Alvin Kamara's production has dipped off slightly running back 14 and 19 over the last two weeks. But this man has missed three games this season, and he's still a top five running back in PPR. This is a team that with Derek Carr under center, who loves to dump the ball off, gets Alvin Kamara very involved. Again, I understand his last two games have been a bit wishy-washy, but when push comes to shove, you're not burying Alvin Kamara for that. Maybe we get another Alvin Kamara special. It's the Christmas season. We remember all those years ago where Alvin Kamara basically won you your fantasy championship by himself. Maybe he does it yet again on Thursday night football. At number seven, we got Jameer Gibbs of the Detroit Lions going up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota on Sunday. Running back three last week, running back 15 the week prior, back-to-back weeks with at least one touchdown. Now, Jameer Gibbs is not going to see as many touches as David Montgomery. The thing is, though, Jameer Gibbs is immensely more efficient. This guy averages 5.7 yards per carry on the season. I get that some people might get their panties in a bunch, getting a little nervous going up against the Vikings defense, but I am not going to panic here. Jameer Gibbs has the it factor. Jameer Gibbs is legit. And if he gets like 15 total touches in this game, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he was a top five back. At number eight, we got Isaiah Pacheco of the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Los Vegas Raiders at home in Kansas City. Now, earlier on in the week, I was a little bit more pessimistic on Isaiah Pacheco because I thought, hey, coming back off the injury, maybe they would restrict his workload, right? But now... When push comes to shove and I have to actually rank this guy going up against the Raiders defense, I think Pacheco, even if they limit his touches, which isn't a guarantee, I think he is going to go nuclear in this game. I get the Raiders defense just stood on their head up against Easton Stick and the Chargers, but even with the woes of the Chiefs offense... This is a team that's going to come to play. Isaiah Pacheco runs harder than your cock on a Viagra pill. So I think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to go crazy here. He's been a top eight running back in back-to-back games. Obviously, he missed week 14 and week 15, so that's week 12 and 13. But one of those games where he was the running back four was against the Raiders, so I expect another big game out of Pacheco. At number nine, we got Travis Etienne of the Jaguars going up against the Bucks in Tampa. Now, trouble in paradise for Etienne, as he did definitely have a down game last week up against the Ravens. But I think up against the Bucks defense, even if it is C.J. Beathard under center, Travis Etienne should be just fine. Now, I will note, if Lawrence does not play, Etienne will drop into the B tier. Again, he's not going to have this crazy fall like Humpty Dumpty off that wall, but he is not as much of a guy that I'm going to bang the drum for if Lawrence isn't in the game, and I hope that makes sense. Again, CJ Beathard could still very much feed him, but I don't think that the offense will be given as many opportunities to run the rock if Beathard's under center compared to if Lawrence was under center, moving now to the B tier. Now, again, the guys in the S, the A tier, they're all must-starts. In the B tier, 
These guys are all basically must-starts as well. Now, they are on the lower end of the must-start table, but unless your running back room is stacked and you got James Cook, McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, right? You got like three loaded running backs. You got Gibbs or something like that. These are guys that are in your lineup, and on a lot of teams, these guys are your running back number one. Now, Kenneth Walker the third is my running back 10 going up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Earlier on in the season, the MO for the Titans defense was that they were rock solid against the run. They were a team that was a pass funnel, but against the run, they were rock hard. But now it's week 16, and that run defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Kenneth Walker just ran for a gazillion yards against the Eagles and a touchdown, 100-plus all-purpose yards, three receptions in that game, and a tug as the running back eight. Wouldn't shock me at all if he was a top 10 running back again, and that's why I've got him ranked as my running back 10. Expert consensus rankings got him as the running back 22, which I think is just egregiously low again assuming that he suits up he was absent on Wednesday from practice with a shoulder injury but a lot of the time on Wednesday is the time where these guys get rest right we see today on Thursday he doesn't practice and he doesn't practice on Friday then it's time to worry but right now I'm not too panicked at all at number 11 we got TP Tony Pollard going up against the Miami Dolphins in Miami now last week Tony Pollard was bad now I don't really blame Tony Pollard. There's more blame to be put on the Dallas Cowboys as a whole because the Buffalo Bills ran train on him and the Dallas Cowboys had no answer. Tony Pollard was a guy prior to that running back 16, 12, 6, and 12 over the four games prior to last week. So there's no need to really panic, right? It isn't like the fucking Titanic is sinking right now. I'm still very confident in Tony Pollard. But if you are slightly worried, I do understand. But at the end of the day, Tony Pollard is a must-start running back. I know the Dolphins' defense has gotten a lot better against the run recently, but I do think this will be a higher-scoring game, and I think Pollard finishes as a top-16 guy, more than likely as a top-12 back. At number 12, we got Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Now, earlier on in the season, if you told me, Nick, Joe Mixon's going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Jake Browning is the quarterback, not Joe Burrow, I would have told you that Joe Mixon's probably going to score seven fucking fantasy points. But as of recently, this Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been awful. I think that Joe Mixon might be able to have one of his bigger games on the season this week, three straight weeks as a top 16 back, three straight weeks with at least one touchdown. I like his odds to score this week against the Steelers, so he should be a top 12 guy. Currently the running back six on the season, despite everyone poo-pooing drafting him just a couple of months ago. At number 13, we got Bijan Robinson. Now, I am as much of a Bijan truther as it gets, but Bijan Robinson absolutely butt-fucked me without the use of lube in my fantasy football playoffs. Now, if you somehow survived with B. John Robinson on your team, well, you might have gotten gift-wrapped a potential dominant performance, chains and whips up against the Indianapolis Colts. Now, there's also the potential that Arthur Smith tucks us in yet again, right? That Arthur Smith says, Merry Christmas, cocksucker. We're going to give him eight carries again. We're going to give the ball more to Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier because that's what everyone wants to do. Mr. Arthur Smith is on the ropes for his job. If he loses to the Indianapolis Colts, 
I don't think he has a job come week 17. Now, maybe the Falcons are nice, right? They give him the next couple of weeks, right? Maybe they make the playoffs as a sorry-ass team. But B. John Robinson's usage is enough for me to know that Arthur Smith has no idea what he's doing. Why in the world would you draft a guy as highly as you drafted Bijan? Now you got him on his rookie contract and you don't feed him the ball. You're giving the ball to Patterson on the goal line. You're giving the ball to Tyler Algier. Again, I don't want to rant. I don't want to sit here and waste your guys' time. The matchup against the Colts is A1 like the steak sauce, right? This is a matchup that will make you salivate when you're looking at it. But at, the problem is the head coach is a certified fucking idiot. They moved to Heineke. Maybe that's good. Maybe it isn't. Bijan has to be ranked highly because the matchup's great. But what I will tell you is don't be shocked at all if Bijan Robinson gives us coal for Christmas. The fucker scored like 0.7 fantasy points last week. It's unbelievable. At number 14. Now, again, if you want to be safe, play Brees Hall over Bijan. Play Jonathan Taylor over Bijan, who may or may not play. Play DeAndre Swift over Bijan. But the problem is, the upside is too high for Bijan for me to rank him lower. At number 14, we got Brees Hall going up against the Commanders at home in MetLife. Now, the Commanders' defense is statistically the worst defense in the NFL. The Jets are statistically the worst offense in the NFL. So we got a battle of not mid. This is the battle of the fucking basement, right? A shit offense. The worst offense meets the worst defense. Let's see what happens. Now, realistically, Brees Hall should run for 100-plus yards. He should maybe get 50 or 80 receiving yards and four touchdowns. Is that what's going to happen? Probably not. They might have Zach Wilson. They might have Trevor Simeon. Either way, I project Brees Hall to get like five to six targets in this game. I expect a huge game. But again, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that Brees Hall is the safest option ever because he's on the Jets after all, and the Jets' offensive line is so bad. At number 15, we got Jonathan Taylor. Now, Jonathan Taylor might play. He might not play. He participated in walkthrough on Wednesday. I believe from what I've read, his practice report for today will be very telling on if he plays on Sunday or not. Now, if he doesn't play and Zach Moss plays, Zach Moss would be ranked as the running back 16 behind DeAndre Swift, who would get pushed up to the running back 15. Jonathan Taylor, when healthy this season, has had a bunch of top 10 games. He's had some down games. But ultimately, if you give Jonathan Taylor 15-plus touches, he's going to have a good enough game, right? Maybe he won't go out there and deep dick the defense, but he's probably going to go out there and have a good enough game to have your head floating above water, right? He's not going to sink your metaphorical battleship. So assuming he plays, and again, I say this all the time, but sometimes assumptions make an ass out of you and me. I think that Jonathan Taylor's a guy that you want in your lineup, even though the Atlanta Falcons defense technically on paper are fine against the run. It doesn't fucking matter, dude. Jonathan Taylor is a beast. At number 16, we got DeAndre Swift going up against the J-Men, the Giants at home in Philadelphia on Monday. Now, when it comes to, on Christmas, so when it comes to DeAndre Swift, this is a guy that four straight weeks hasn't been a top 24 running back. Four straight weeks has really just been bad. So the question lies right now, what do we do, right? He's going up against a Giants defense that isn't very good. They're bad against the run, but at the same time, this is an Eagles offense that is starting to 
leave a lot of question marks, right? A lot of this season, people are blaming the Eagles' defense, right? And rightfully so. Entering into the year, everyone expected the Eagles' defense to be great. And they haven't been. But recently, there are a lot of questions that have to be thrown on the offense as well. I'm not saying that the defense is magically amazing, but the offense hasn't done them very many favors. And while the offense has been bad, you have to understand that they're going up against the Giants. So if there ever was a spot for the Eagles offense to figure everything out, it would be up against the Giants. Now, a glaring problem with DeAndre Swift is the touchdowns. When you have a team that is going to, if they're, they get uh, first down on the two-yard line, they're going to do the tush-push four fucking times. If it takes four times to get in, they're going to do it. So DeAndre Swift's touchdown upside is limited. But again, he's going up against the Giants, so he could just bust one off from the 25-yard line and find the end zone. So I'm kind of left in a situation where I am confused about DeAndre Swift. Now, I have to rank him, so I'm not going to sit here and just act like I have no idea what to think about Swift. But my thought process right now is that going up against a Giants defense that isn't very good, I think you'd be crazy to rank Swift outside of the top 18. But... And this is a big butt. Shout out to Kim Kardashian. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he finished as like the running back 25 through 30, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt due to the matchup. Moving now to the C tier, running back 17 through 23. Now, number 17, we got Josh Jacobs. Now, right now, as we speak, according to Vic Taffer, Taffer he says that Josh Jacobs is pushing, trending towards playing. If he plays, this is a good spot for him. If he doesn't play, then this would be where I would rank Zamir White, who went balls deep into the Chargers defense last week in a game that can only be described as a massacre, right? This wasn't a beatdown. This wasn't a raffle stomping, right? This was a shit kicking. This was domination by the uh, Raiders offense. Now, I don't expect a dominating effort against the Chargers, but... This is Josh Jacobs we're talking about, right? Josh Jacobs, when given the correct amount of touches, can be a top five back. Last time he was a top five back was a couple of weeks ago up against the Chiefs, where he went 20 for 110, four receptions, 15 yards, and a touchdown, right? Over 120 all-purpose yards with a touchdown. He could definitely do that again against the Chargers this week. Again, coming off the injury makes me a little bit more pessimistic for him, which is why he's in the C tier, not the B tier, but I still do really like him. At number 18, we got Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry is a classic guy that is one of those, how low can you go on him, right? How low can we bury Derrick Henry, right? Expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros got him as the RB12, but how much lower can you go? Because going up against the Seahawks is a good matchup, but the problem is with Ryan Tannehill under center, if they're playing catch-up all game, Henry ain't doing shit. But if they're able to stay somewhat close in this game, Henry could have a huge game. Last week, he disappointed and didn't just disappoint mildly. He scored five fucking fantasy points against the Texans, a team that he normally puts in the sleeper hold. This is normally a game against an AFC South rivalry matchup where Derrick Henry ends up dropping 20 plus fantasy points, but he scores five. So again, I'm not jumping ship off Derrick Henry, but I'm here to tell you Derrick Henry's range of outcomes is anywhere from running back 10 to running back 45. That's just how I feel about him. I like the spot. I like the matchup. Well, I like the matchup, but I don't love the spot, right? The matchup against the Seahawks defense on paper is great. Shout out Tony the Tiger. But 
when push comes to shove and the actual matchup plays, this is a game where Tractor Cito could get iced out of touches. And number 19, we got Saquon Barkley. Now, Saquon Barkley is in a very similar situation, very similar situation to Derrick Henry. He could be getting iced out of touches against the Eagles. This is an Eagles team that is mad. They are frustrated, and they're gonna let out all of that angst onto the Giants' head top. This could be a game. I get the Eagles' defense isn't the best, but they look better under Matt Patricia last week as the DC, and this could be a game where the Eagles are up 27-0 at halftime, right? Tommy Cutlets is on the struggle bus, and they're not able to move the ball. Now, there's also a chance that going up against the Eagles, we see Saquon Barkley have a vintage Barkley game where he's a top five back. Again, putting him in a very similar situation as Derrick Henry, where, hey, you're probably still going to fucking play him, but I'm not going to sit here and give him the Gawk Gawk 9000 special because of the matchup. And number 20, we got David Montgomery. Now, if you want pure safety, I would actually rather play Montgomery over Barkley or Henry, but it feels like Montgomery's upside is a little bit kind of cuckolded by Jameer Gibbs playing so well. Now, he'll still get 15-plus touches this week, but the Vikings' defense is definitely way better than I anticipated. So I like Monty as the running back, say, 20-24 to 24 this week. I think he could be a top-10 back, but I think the odds of that are a little bit numbered with how great Jameer Gibbs has looked. At number 21, can you do something for me? We got Ezekiel Elliott going up against the Denver Broncos in Denver. Now, this is on paper a five-star matchup up against the Broncos, but this is a Broncos team that's defense to me is hard to read, right? And I say that because they looked terrible last week, but prior to that, they've looked good. Zeke is also on an offense that's hard to read, right? Would anyone be surprised if this game was competitive, right? Zappy has a solid game, and Zeke does what he does two weeks ago has over 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown, because that wouldn't be surprising. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we get to Sunday night football, New Year, not New Year's Eve, uh, Christmas Eve football, and Zeke ends up looking like trash like he did last week. So again, he's kind of in the range of angst, right? These are all running backs that on paper are talented, right? I know Zeke has fallen off from years prior, but we saw Zeke have the running back one game just two weeks ago. So we know he has it in him. But the matchup is kind of iffy. And the offense, especially of the Patriots, is iffy. So running back 21 feels fine for him. Again, not the safest bet this week. At number 22, we got A.A. Ron Jones going up against the Carolina Panthers. This is a great matchup. The thing is... Is A.J. Dillon going to play? If A.J. Dillon plays, that cuts into Aaron Jones' workload. Now, the Panthers suck. Panthers are really, really, really bad. The Panthers are the worst team in the league. But the Packers make even the worst of offense. They turn Tommy DeVito into fucking Patrick Mahomes, right? This is a defense that made Baker Mayfield look like he was back at college, right? So I know Bryce Young's been bad all year, but would it shock anyone like with how bad the Packers defense has been? I wouldn't be surprised if Bryce Young dropped 15 fantasy points, which is unheard of for him, right? Drops 20 fantasy points. Now, again, I'm not betting on that. Shout out Troy Bolton. Bet on it, bet on it, right? I'm not doing that. But what I'll tell you is I feel like maybe the Panthers are going to be competitive in this game. Again, you have to weigh this situation. On one hand, the Panthers are terrible. On the other hand, the, the fucking 
Packers defense is awful. We'll see. I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to see Jones finish outside the top 24, but I'm also not going to sit here and pretend like he's a lock to be a top 15, 16 guy. At number 23, we got Devin. Two chains going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Devin has been on a downward spiral over the last two weeks, but against the Dallas Cowboys defense that, again, just got laid the smackdown, brother, by James Cook and the Buffalo Bills. Like, if the Dolphins just hinge on the run... They might be able to win the game that way. That way. You know, trap it out the segue. I think that's the words. That's a song that's old as fuck. But yeah, uh, Devin 2 Chains going up against the, the Cowboys. My ceiling for a chain is still very high. It's top three running back, but the floor has dwindled a ton. Now we move to the D tier. This is like the final tier of running backs where you are pretty fine playing them now once we get into the e tier it's like okay you know you feel okay but here you still feel like there's a little bit of pep in your step if you have to start one of these guys and that is running back some of these guys though maybe not as much at running back 24 we got chuba hubbard going up against the green bay packers at home in carolina but before we talk about chuba hubbard and the rest of the running backs all the way up to running back 36 i would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at underdog fantasy Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys. But first, before we get on into the offer, I do want to explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. So you have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So we're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, the Saints at the LA Rams. We're going to go with higher on the rushing yards for Alvin Kamara, higher than 49.5 rushing yards. And then we're going to go to the Rams and click on the other running back, Kyron Williams, higher than 88.5 rushing yards at both of these hit we'll get three times our entry fee now if we do three picks and they all hit it's six times four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee now if you are new to underdog fantasy and use promo code notorious living in one of the states on your screen right now you will have a first match deposit bonus of up to hundred dollars you deposit 100 they give an additional 150 additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER Back on into things here, Chuba Hubbard going up against the Packers. Now, Chuba's been a guy that has shown off really solid games this season. He's also been a guy that has been very reliable. Like, over the last one, two, three, four, five games, he's been a top 26 running back every week. And obviously, running back 26, 25, games like that aren't doing much for you. But it's good to know that he at least won't stink things up for your fantasy lineup. Again, the Packers' defense is terrible. The Packers' defense is laughably bad. I think everyone in Packers Nation, whatever the fuck they call themselves, the cheeseheads, want this guy sent straight to Azkaban. So I think that Chuba should be fine this week. He's getting 20-plus carries every single week, and he's looked good. But the touchdown upside is very limited when you're in the uh, Panthers' offense. At number 25, we got Ty Chandler. Now there's a chance Madison comes back. There's a chance Madison doesn't come back. The Lions have actually been pretty solid against the run all season, but I still do believe that Ty Chandler will end up having a top 28-ish game. Now, he was the running back for last week, and I'll give him all the credit in the world, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Ty Chandler is the second coming of, like, Saquon or is the second coming of Alvin Kamara or any of these great running backs in the NFL, right? McCaffrey, because he is not, right? He's not even Dalvin Cook from a couple years ago, right? 
but he has the oomph in him, right? He has the, hey, you feed him the rock, he could have a good game. So that's why we're not burying him. But again, I'm not ready to fucking put the crown on this guy's head, right? I'm not ready to crown him as even better than Madison. Because I, if he's better than Madison, he's just slightly better, right? It's not like Chandler has just been sitting in the back there, just chilling on the bench, ready to get unleashed as this next level running back. Again, I'm not trying to shit all over this guy's parade. I'm not trying to rain on his parade. He's still a solid running back. But again, I'm not ready to give him all the praise in the world like it seems like a lot of people are. At number 26, we got Austin Eckler. Now, if you ask me a question, Nick, would you rather start Eckler or some of these other running backs? In my head, in my head... It's very hard for me to argue against sitting Eckler because we know deep down that if the Chargers game plan without Keenan Allen is just to give Eckler 12 targets, he could be a top five running back. But the thing is, he hasn't been a great running back recently. Running back 35, 8, sure, I'll give him credit. Running back 34, 32, 31 over the last five weeks. Again, the Buffalo Bills defense, you know, in years past, you'd be like, okay, or just a couple of weeks ago, say Herbert's back. You'd be like, okay, Eckler's going to go crazy. Even when Eckler was in this slump, you'd be like, okay, Eckler's going to go balls to the wall from the windows to the wall, right? He's going to go crazy. But now it's week 16 with Easton Stick, and my thought process just cannot be super high in my belief on Eckler. Again, I like Eckler. I don't want to shit all over him, but he's been pretty bad this year. Let's be honest. I think he's going to a new team next year from the podcast clip that I listened to of him. So against the Bills, sure, the upside's there, but at the same time, he's not the same guy he used to be. At number 27, we got James Conner going up against the Bears in Chicago. Now, I love James Conner. He's been a top 12 running back in back-to-back weeks, but the Bears' defense against the run has been amazing as of recently. Now, maybe James Conner just fucks around and is a top 12 running back again, but I don't feel as though... I want to hinge on that this week. Moving now to the E tier. Now is where things start to get a little bit more desperate. We got Devin Singletary against the Browns. Now, if Singletary was going up against Cardinals or the Titans like he did last week, then based upon the workload he's gotten over the last two weeks, I would be sitting here singing his praises. Hallelujah. Devin Singletary season, baby. But he's playing the Browns, a team that could lock up a running back and throw away the key. So he should get 20 plus carries. But he's not guaranteed to go crazy like he did last week. So running back 28 feels fair. At number 29, we got Javante Williams. Now, this is a Broncos offense that is hard to read, right? Going up against the Lions last week, I would have thought that Javante Williams would have a decent game. I would have thought that this was a game where the Denver Broncos kept things competitive and instead the Denver Broncos get bent over a table. The Denver Broncos got hit with a haymaker and they couldn't stand up, right? They stood up, their knees were wobbling and they fell back over, right? They got hit with the Josh Emmett hit that smacked up Bryce Mitchell and I believe gave him a seizure at the last UFC event. Now I'm a Bryce Mitchell guy. I love Bryce Mitchell, so I hope he's good. Seems like he's good now, but Josh Emmett hit him so hard, it fucking echoed around my room. If you guys don't watch the UFC, maybe you don't know what I mean, but if you do watch the UFC, that hit, I didn't have the volume on super loud, right? I was I bet on uh, Bryce Mitchell and he lost. Obviously, I was a little sad, but the noise that it made, it was a cracking sound. It sounded like he got hit like in a movie where like they edit the noise to be extra loud or like in a video game. You're playing like, the UFC video game. Even the video game doesn't make that much noise when you crack someone on the chin like that. That is what happened to the Broncos. 
they had no answer to the Lions defense that against the pass freaks to high heaven. So Javante Williams is a guy that I'm confused about because I'm confused on what this Broncos team is. Is this a good Broncos team or is this a team that might fuck around and lose to the Patriots that are way worse than them? Javante was the running back 51 last week. I don't think he's going to be that bad again, but I don't think he's a top 24 guy guaranteed this week. And number 30, we got the Gus Bus going up against the 49ers. Now, if Gus Edwards was going up against, say, the Chargers or like a different team against the run, I would be a lot more optimistic about Gus Edwards because now without Keaton Mitchell, I think Gus Edwards is back in the driver's seat as potentially scoring like two or three touchdowns in any game. But while that upside is there, Gus Edwards is a guy where you need him to score, right? If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's getting four points, right? You're not going to see Gus Edwards fuck around, get 100 rushing yards, catch three balls for 40 yards, and have a decent day without the touchdown, right? If he does not score, he is going to be bad. Now, he scored last week against the Jaguars. Do I think he could score against the 49ers? Yes, I do. But this is a 49ers defense that does strike fear in my eyes, and I think that the whole point of this week for the 49ers is going to be stopping the run. That's what they're going to focus on, right? So Gus Bus, the upside's there, but there's very easy to paint the picture of Picasso. Oh, hey, the Ravens have a decent game, but they're not able to run as much. You know, Lamar's having to throw a bunch, and then Gus Edwards gets kind of kind of shits the bed for fantasy. Now into the F tier, this is like the bucket, you know... You have to play him, but I don't want to. That's this tier, the F tier. Running back 31, Jerome Ford, F-150. He's been solid this year, but with cool Joe Flacco under center, they just want to throw a bunch. He'd be lucky to get 15 touches any given week, and Ford's a guy that deserves much more than that. He's been a solid running back when given the correct amount of touches, but he's not guaranteed that anymore, so he's running back 31. At number 32 and number 33, we got Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. I don't want to start the starting running back on a team with Mason Rudolph under center. I just don't. Now, again, they're going against Jake Browning. Well, Jake Browning has been amazing, and Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, isn't good at all. He is worse than Trubisky. He's worse than Kenny Pickett. So I think even if Jalen Warren is able to have, you know, bust off a huge run, right, if he falls on the one-yard line, it's not even a guarantee that they score. And the team still wants to play patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, right? They still want to fuck you over and use Najee Harris a bunch. So until this team gets it through their dumb skull that, hey, maybe we should use Jalen Warren more, I don't want to start him. Najee Harris is like if Jalen Warren ran in fucking slow motion. He sucks. He stinks. But they still want to use him. It makes no fucking sense. And I'm sorry to get mad. I'm sorry to yell. If you're driving, maybe I just caused you to fucking spaz out a little bit. I'm sorry for yelling. But it just frustrates me. Pisses me off. Because Jalen Warren deserves better than to get cucked by Najee Harris. Now we move to running backs in the G tier, 34 through 36. I'll keep it simple. Tajay Spears could be a top 12 running back this week, and I wouldn't be surprised. But it, there's also a chance that this is a game where Derrick Henry's getting all the touches, and Tajay Spears is like the running back 50, like last week against the Texans. Number 35, we got Antonio Gibson. Now, Brian Robinson seems like he's not going to play. If he does play, then Brian Robinson will get moved up into that tier that we just talked about in tier number six, the tier prior to this. S A B C D E tier. Quick maths. Uh, Gibson last week I thought was going to have a huge game. He sucked. This is a offense that is bad going up against the best defense in the NFL. Good luck. At number thirty six we got Jarek McKinnon. If Pacheco wasn't playing, McKinnon would be ranked much higher. But with Pacheco back, I expect Jarek McKinnon to go back to the back seat where he's been at kind of all season. Now McKinnon. 
got seven touches in the last two games, both of them. And he was still good. So maybe he has a great game here. Maybe he scores a touchdown or two against the Raiders. But I just don't trust it as much with Pacheco backs. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying today's video, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as in that like button. It would help me out a ton. Make sure you guys check out the live stream later tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, answering all of your guys' questions for week number 16. It is the semifinals, baby. And we're going to try to eat some W's today. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great one. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. As always, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Good boy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Good boy.